Um, were you drafted or did you enlist? In I, you enlisted? I don't like to be told what to do. It's going to be drafted because I didn't go back to college that semester. So I talked a buddy of mine and we were out drinking beer and went to a Sunday and Sheriff concert. And after that, we put down our beer cans on 2nd Avenue with House Bus and swallowed them race. Until they pulled up by the post office. And I told my buddy, I woke him up, I said, hey, the first recruiter that comes in, let's sign up. Because we both had our physicals. So we did. I mean, and then the first one was Marine Corps recruiter. He opened the door, the office up, and said, how can I help you? Said, yeah, we want to address the love they had our physicals. He goes, this can be pretty easy, huh? <laughs> and he says, all I got is two years. You leave on Thursday, it was Monday morning. So that's what we did. Mike went to, uh, after basic training, he went to uh, radio school, he's a radio man. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up uh, being company radio man, you know, coordinating uh, artillery and stuff like that. That's nice. And uh, myself, I was waiting to go to the Department of Information School to be a writer correspondent. And uh, as a waiting list, and, and uh, the war was passing me by, I felt bad. A couple of my friends, you know, had to you know, be pullovers at their funeral. You know, I don't know, I just stuck in my craw. I had to go see what was going on. Yeah. So one, one day I was up there doing this minor writing stuff and black sergeant came in and he said what name was Washington to the last name I got I got a deal for it either they just closed the base the twenty seventh Marines are headed over to Vietnam. That's a regiment. You know that's four companies. Two hundred and forty men plus artillery, mortars and clerical people. Quite a few people, about 1,500, 2,000 people. Dang. So they shipped us over there nonstop. 48 hours later, I was in rice paddies with my state-side boots and uh, state-side clothes and hotter than sin. And it wasn't, oh, before the sun went down that day, I saw that. Well, our, our platoon was on full of battery and we drew fire. But anyway, I guess the worst thing I could say was uh, oh, about three days in the country there. We, uh, we were on patrol outside this village and we got 
open fire again, about three, probably about, I don't know, two or three, and rifles and machine gun. They just fired for about 30 seconds, just enough to get us down. They got casualties and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we returned fire. After we got the, our wounded medevaced out, and we checked, and they, the NVA, North Vietnamese, they always they tried to take their dead, so they were gone. You know, there's a lot of blood laying around and stuff. But the sad part is we looked over, the village was behind us, so we looked over beyond this tree line, and here was my three dead little kids and a water buffalo. They deliberately opened fire on us, you know, because I would have returned fire. And the kids got killed, the water buffalo. And uh, they did that just to turn the villagers against us. But that's the way it was. It's a dirty war, no rules. True. I was in the infantry for about four months. Main thing is, you just, you humped and you sweat, and uh, it was extremely hot. Just when you least expect it, some dorks would open up on you. You know, and then you, you gotta, Marines gotta be trained to how to return fire and know where you're at at all times for you can coordinate artillery. As if, you know, like if the, and sergeant gets killed, and the squad leader, and you know, everyone in the Marines should know how to know where they're at to be able to call at least more fire. But, so that's the way that went. And one day, I uh, was back in the rear area, we'd been out about a month, and I was sitting there on top of this bunker outside the camp was had our big bunkers. It's, you know, you get shelled quite a bit at night. They're not all the time. And uh, I don't know, I said it was thinking. And next morning, one of the guys from the tent, you know, it's, oh, S1, it's, uh, that's a place where they keep all the records and stuff. Mm -hmm. Says, uh, cleared it out my name. He says, uh, you're out of here. I've been there four months. I was, what? He says, uh, yeah, they're gonna send you 20 stuff and tell them. Because, see, a lot of them, the grunts, they've been there two or three times. Mm -hmm. And they got sent again. And there were, people were pretty mad about it. Well, you know, a lot of them didn't shoot the weapon. And we took a lot of casualties. You know, we don't want to get into that. But anyway, I got, they put me back in my MOS. It's Military Occupational Specialty. And it was a writer, and I'd never been to Department of Information School. I had you know, written for a local high school paper, 
and things I do, you know. Yeah. So, I went out up there and first thing that happened, they walked me up the hill. And I, I was dirty and tired. I hadn't cleaned up in probably a month. You know, outside of just throwing some water on your privates and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, did, I didn't look up and this colonel was coming down the hill. He had a starch covered as a hat. You know, it was all nice and neat. And I didn't have any chevrons on, you know, any rack or anything like that. I had an old bush hat on. I got a friend of mine that died in the military. Well, he wasn't going to use it anymore. He's supposed to stand him a bush hat. It goes all the way around. It's mm-hmm. good for sun protection. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, Hey, Marine, don't you salute? And I goes, well, I said an expletive, you know, yeah. like you. And so right away, he was, he followed me up to where I was going. So this Marine didn't suit me. And he said, this was that Well, and I just got there. And here's this master sergeant. Yeah, it's in a quantum stand. And there were metal huts like that. And uh, so right away, I got my ass in trouble. I think I lost the football again. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it back a couple months later. As a writer, I, they just had me uh, read some of their publications. Uh, their local, their today's paper, yeah, Marine Corps paper, Stars and Stripes, but. Uh, military paper and I think when I was there I got three or four Associated Press releases on stories. I gave them to this guy by the name of Potter and see now and then as a correspondent you had a press card to go anywhere in the free world. You get on a plane, you know, no questions asked. Uh, pretty neat. I didn't take off anywhere. But, so, anyway, this Potter had given the stories that I couldn't write all about the McNair's Wall Defensive System. It was a joke. They were booby trapping it, causing more casualties than it was worth. And I couldn't write the story, being a Marine Corps. So, I, you know, if they never found out, they busted me. And anyway, so that's some things. I traded it, and I got to go down to this civilian uh, lounge. They have a bar where they stayed at this, it's called the White Elephant yeah. Hotel, down in Da Nang, by, by the river. It was really neat. I got to drink next to and eat a steak. That was my reward for this story. <laughs> that's good. There's a correspondent. I got assigned the Fifth Marines. That's, you know, the regiment. It's, I said, a thousand men. They were in the battalion area, right back by, uh, Anyway, we uh, 
north of Laos is China. And down there, there's mountains on three sides. And they always see rockets at you. It's a canister like bazookas, you know, or You know, you'd sit there and get shelled, and when you hear a rocket come in, you can tell if it's gonna roll over you, or if you hear it coming in low, then you dive from the bunker. It's right on the end of the tent. You got a bunch of sandbags, six by sixes, anything you can scrounge. One time, my war story, I was laying there, and I, it was raining real hard, and I heard the rockets came in here. It was like a pissing sound, you know? And it was uh, raining everything, it misfired when it hit. It made it go off. Yeah. And I said, then I heard another one, and I better get in the puncture. I always kept my cigarettes in a plastic container, patches, and matches. Mm -hmm. I always stuck my trousers on. I have a lighter there. Yeah. I grabbed those and run for the bunker, dove in. A couple guys came in after me. That's really <laughs> interesting. Sat down. Didn't have a cigarette. Still feel right. All is damp. You know, a little cool for that area. It gets down to 70 degrees, that's cool. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of my cigarettes, I had a rat. <laughs> uh, I don't get into operations and stuff. I know that they killed three men, but in firefights, you never know because usually if you set up an ambush, you wait for the machines you have to open up. You usually set at a half, like a half moon. And when the machine gun open up, then you have your range of fires. You either dump two or three magazines, that's about 40 or 60 rounds, and the machine gun will keep going. And then you start getting, you already got your spot where you're at, you got your coordinates, and you start leapfrogging back, you know, like, uh, First squad, second squad will go, you know, and one squad will stay there. And then you leapfrog back, and then because you got the artillery and the mortars coming in. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, if you bite off more, you can screw your cover. Like, if you hit a few times, with, you just have like 10 man squad, and you get the guys, you know. You see the silhouettes and everything, it's about a half moon. Almost get to see it dark, you get, you live it, you're there all the time. You smell, right? And sometimes when you don't run out of water, there's paddy water you get. Who in the world would ever drink this when it's stinked? It may look good, paddy water and the rice. You scud through it, it's just like sewage. Stinks. Give me a dirt black and dry <laughs> One time when you have to put tablets in it, because you're out of water, you gotta do something. True. And, uh, so 
you drink the fatty water. One time we, in this village, it was a nice old Catholic type village at one time. The Catholics had been there. And uh, along, well, they, they, most of the population was Buddhist. Yeah. Most of the Buddhists were passing. That Buddhists always are, I think. It's all the foreigners that always come in. The French were there before. And they felt it didn't end too. And they got wiped out. There's one whole regiment, I think, got wiped out. And uh, it's just, I don't know what the importance of the country was. And, you know, once I got out, I was thinking about it. There's a lot of different thoughts about why we fought that war, but when you're in the Marine Corps, you're trained, you don't think about that. You think about how, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, to stay alive. And you don't think about the consequences, you know. I think it's, when they train you, they should have these two rifles. That's where they have one guy like this, one guy just, all that guy gets I would like to have like the room tools for fighting. It's like that heavy room handles with big cotton balls on them. They'll each other. You know, you trap this like they had outside with that stuff right in their head. Yeah. And it had private light tap and private bed. You know. So you learn to be aggressive. And I teams that I was a correspondent, you know, I came back and I had about a year and a half of college, I spent a year of college, and I went out to the West Coast and I had a friend that was kind of working for a newspaper, it's a medium-sized paper in town, you know, I think Santa Clara, something like that. And, uh, had a job with the Associated Press. It's, I wanted to get on as a stringer. At first, I was just like the coffee boy, moving stuff around. And I was getting, you know, and that just let me look in their style and everything for places they had years ago. One night, I was going to work. I went to work from midnight to 8.30. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, you go down East L.A. And there's half a dozen, dozen people get killed there every night. Yeah. You know, back in the 70s. And it's just, well, that's where the riots were and stuff. Anyway, I, I got to work one day in the car garden. So I walked up to this gas station, luckily I've only got, I could post off to the freeway. I got off, you know, there's a mobile station about a block and a half away. It says, uh, did you pull my car in? Uh, you know, that, they do minor work, or just something. They said, so, hey, I'll get back with you. I said, okay, there's two over there. And I, I took the cab and got to work. Came back to the gas station, then forgot to go get it. Oh, seriously. 
your girlfriend back home, your wife, your kids, your parents. If you do, do it when you're like back in the Italian area or something like that. Don't do it when you're out on patrol. It'll get you killed and other people. And, uh, and as a correspondent, I, I did a lot of good stories. I only got to become a corporal because sometimes I had a flagrant disrespect for authority. <laughs> well, you get salty like that, you have some coffee smoke come up to you. Like that one colonel all dressed up clean. I didn't even look up to see who it was. And I was dirty to have a crack from the MGA, North Vietnamese Army. Yeah, I had I killed him out of them before that. It's a dirty trick to play on new guys over. They were just that pack with that. All kinds of neat things. You carry a lot in And uh, he didn't have pack, so maybe three times did to conference people. But this pack, it, it, was, it was good. And it kind of said, Where'd you get that pack, the guy said. If this, it wasn't a book hold, it was a flip out type thing. Just pictures. It's a picture of this guy. And it's a picture of his wife and his kids. And that guy there, it's his pack. I killed him last month. A nice pack I got. And you, know, you say that to new guys. I don't want to be a smart ass, but you're trying to test them up. Now don't think, don't think about mom and dad and back yeah. home. Just think of where you're at and what you got to do. And that's one thing I learned that, you know, you never know. It wasn't like other wars where you had perimeters and lines and you established it. You know, you was always getting shelled in Italian areas when you went out on patrols. It really is like playing a game in their own backyard. A lot of times, oh, the villagers even know feed the trust. Anyway, when he came back home, oh, I tell you about the protesters? No, no. not yet. Two guys, the two 82nd Airborne guys, mm -hmm. was walking ready to go in the airport. And here came these two scrubby, long haired guys, and this girl in the middle of them, you know, and all dressed in hippie attire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me for passing. It's okay. But she said, You fucking baby killers. And had something in her hand. She swung it and hit me right in the forehead, on the right side. Is that empty ripple wine bottle? <laughs> that was my welcome home. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I went into the bar. You know, I was gonna get a legal drink. Twelve thirty, they closed that wine. <laughs> the black bartender. You know, he gave me a towel. You know, because my head was bleeding. Because <laughs> the already, it was like an airborne guy's knife. Well, Von Wolf was to get a drink because he was just getting ready to close up. Mm -hmm. so, so I got things to do around here. 
you know, we put out some money and, and they put through all from a couple bucks to produce out. And he mixed us some drinks and he put them one back and we got about halfway done with them. You know, mm -hmm. he did some much. He gave us about three drinks for Then he had to go, so we had to leave that little dining. That was a good walk home. Better than one bottle. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I went to go call my parents then. Tell them I'm home. Yeah. And uh, I got to the phone. Looked at it. I didn't know my area code, let alone the phone number. Really? That was all gone out of my head. So I had to call information. I had to find out, I had to ask somebody why do you call just file zero or what. Anyway, I finally got to talk to him. Tell him I'd be back in the morning. And uh, had a lot meet a lot of good people over there. You need some regular asses too. Yeah. You know, I don't want to tell you about them. But there's a lot of good people you need. I'm still good friends with them today. That's good. What questions do you have? <laughs> um. Take your time. I'll do one It's okay. Uh, how you been here? How you been here? How long? Yeah. Mm, a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had a knee replacement on my right knee. Mm -hmm. And I got a my better one. I'm left footed and left handed. Our light leg seems stronger. Is that? Well, I had a, oh, a hernia on my left side and never did bend up completely, but I nursed it along. That's interesting. I was just got up the walk after I had that knee operation, and I did it a couple times and caught myself. All of a sudden, my knee would just go out. Something was wrong with the operation. My knee went out, fell and busted my head real good. So I'm back at the VA hospital, and uh, they're running a wound back because I sent get off. My knee wasn't working about halfway down between my knee and my calf. I got like a pencil, and then it got bigger and bigger, and then it looked like a boil. Then it just turned into big, ugly crater, you know, about an inch and a half around. Came up in a big hole all the way down to my bone. So I had an infection, so they, that's where they cut it off at, right there. That's how I got here.
wife takes me home on the weekends. We picked up a van at a real good price. It has a lift in the back. So she totes me around. But I can't complain. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> that in children in Vietnam, they don't, they don't take advantage. Try to get through it. Yeah. Did you feel pressure or stress while you were What's at that? war? Did you feel pressure or stress while you were at war? At war? At war? Pressure? Yeah. Or stress. Oh, yeah. And first time we got hit real hard, I seen it. I crawled, it was about the third time we got hit. All over my buddy Burgess, he's a radio man. There was a break in the fire, and I, I don't know what they were telling the movement. But the goats had stopped shooting. I all over the Burgess, and he had this gurgling sound. I got over there, the rock about the present, and I could see a little yellow tree. The juggler vein broken, just blood all over my face, my hands. I had that blood on me for two or three days as we were pinned down and, you know, we had to wait. Well, then they said some tanks out, a tank got stuck that arrived at him, so we're stuck there to guard the tank. So that means you're going to get a lot of border fire. You dig a foxhole, <laughs> there's a tree on my right, Patty. You dig a foxhole, it fills up with water. <laughs> You know? <laughs> and if you do, damn it, don't. <laughs> so there's the beaver. I don't know if you know what I call the beaver. You want to know my one wish in life? What? Yeah, sure. I don't want to die violently. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Did you keep a personal diary? Oh, I did some, but when I went traveling back in, my parents got a divorce the year after I got out. And uh, I don't know. Let me buy the car. Because my dad had sold his commercial garage and everything. Yeah. The interstate took it out. Mm-hmm. And so, the, the home, we didn't really have a home name. We bought a, we bought a trailer in a trailer park. <coughs> and I don't know, I was missing my friends and stuff. I don't know, if just, I go back to the West Coast. I went back for a couple, three times. One time just to play volleyball for a bit. Oh, uh-huh, really? <laughs> I had a, had a job in Nebraska, and I lived in Iowa, and I worked at, oh, it's for the phone company. Mm-hmm, yeah. It, it was pretty good. I was going to college to finish that semester. <laughs> and this one Negro guy, man, he was uh, down at the end. He was down about, oh, 50 feet, and what, all these... Parts would come through, 
a little bit of a remote part and you got to sort out used phone parts and put them in other parts and see if they paint it. It's just like, you know, factory work. Yeah. Anyway, with all your background, nobody can smoke or anything there. This black guy down at the end had been there for years and he'd hit the NAACP quite a bit. You know, so they tried to leave him alone because he was a perpetual complainer. Mm -hmm. I was going to school and working full time, taking 12 hours at school at night, and I just wasn't in the mood for this son of a to do that. <laughs> One day I just had it done, and he was down there. I took the phone receiver, you know, that's a little bigger than a dollar. Mm -hmm. They got some weight to them. <laughs> I threw that thing out of the right that side of the head. <laughs> Dropped like a paper bag. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd kill three <laughs> So anyway, I, they told me to leave the premises. And I called and sent me a letter. I had to go in and talk to They gave me a job going around to different telephone substations picking up these parts before they could sell them. I did that for a couple months, but it was interfering with my school. Mm -hmm. And I night, so I said goodbye to the phone company. Said, you can't give up an opportunity like this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can. <laughs> I left. One time I had a, I had five jobs in three states in one year. Wow, that was too much. I went up to this H&R block in this guy. Really? What? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I never have, you know, I had two great kids, had a great life with them, and she's very, you know, I got papers on her, she's full-blooded German, and I'm a mongrel, I'm German, Irish, English. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I always say I got papers on her, it's a little bit. <laughs> <coughs> She'll be here what, about 4.35. It's, uh, it's not Thursday, huh? We're not doing anything tonight. Tomorrow I should shower night. She always comes to the shower. Just try to... You don't ever want to get all, you know, I'm out about it, you do, but you gotta think through it. You know. True. Better on here than have her have to take, you know, all my ass around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he, he was a hoyer. You know, we'll lift things. And everybody gave some of these. Yeah, we got that. Uh, and I still, I'm there. 
next to the left. He gave up on my left leg. But I still try to think if I can move that up and push down on it. See if I work and I can look for Mike to get it and raise my knee on back. And then I think we did have to think about giving me at least a paid leg. Mm -hmm. It'd be a great hit on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I would. it would. That'd be my greatest kind. I was always, I'm working on a book, I never, I've started it so many times, had chapters on mine that I just, I don't know. So, my wife's on she got me a recorder and everything happened to you, remember? I could talk to myself about when the recorder's on, it just not right. And the name of my books to me, The Death of a Christian. And sometimes I died more than once because inside, and the <coughs> that, the Vietnam War really, I think, was about uh, <coughs> establishing a thorn in the ass in China. But yeah. you write southern Britain, and they're going to supply everything they can to the North Vietnamese. And I know we've, we've killed a lot of bird guys than the average Chinese. They look like Mongolians. They have a history of warfare for about thousands of years. So, you know, we're just, they got spanked. But they got, Nixon said they didn't want to lose any more gut men, and there's nothing to be gained there. So I always tell people, I take pride, fought the only war we lost. <laughs> I really that. It's a satire. Yeah. How about some questions? Yeah. Um, how was the experience in boot camp like? I'll speak up. How were the experiences in boot camp? What'd you say? How were the experiences in boot camp? Like, did you guys work out? Did you guys have to, like, train or? What, in the state side? Yeah. Well, you get out of boot camp, don't you train? You're in damn best shape of your life. But, uh, you can run two to five miles with 40 pounds of fat. You know, have you put sand in your pack? You got that on there. You got an old M1 rifle. And you run two or five miles without stopping. You know, a, a route stick or you had to have you do it like a fast jog in the cadence for y'all. Takes a long while to get you in that good shape. <coughs> I think. I know Arthur's aware of this, but these doors get locked at 4.30. Oh, it's okay. So you are... Before the last, the 2011 flood, you know, 
they had a boat and the people but we charged you know like twenty dollars a year yeah. to use the ramp. And people say Yeah, tell Art I'll pay you there next time. <laughs> and then it's a I'd come out, you know, something like that. Say, oh, I, hey, I told your old lady, oh, that, nothing pissed me off so much as she referred to her, you know, old lady. That'll work with Dan So she'll be coming too. So I had to go to Walmart for it. I imagine we'll have 